Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. 
You've given me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never come. Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship. We're so glad to have you this morning. If you're tuning in and watching this uh, online through Facebook or YouTube, we want to welcome you as well. Today is a good day in the Lord. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made, so we can rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, this is God's week. God set this day for you. And he's going to be with us this morning as he comes into our presence. Lord, we're so grateful and thankful that we have a good God, Lord, and we bless your holy name. It is our joy, honor, and privilege to enter into your presence this morning, to experience your goodness, Lord, to stand in awe of you. And we bless you and praise you for what you're going to do in us and through us and to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
Well, come on, let's worship the name of Jesus in this house. Hallelujah. It's the name that is above every other name. It's the name that stands higher than anything, anyone, any place. Hallelujah. We worship you in this house, Lord. God, you are above all. You are above everything. You are the only one that stands in your capacity of ruler, of the head, of our God, of our Father, of our Savior, the only one that is above. Hallelujah. You can never be beneath. Lord, we worship you in this house. We lift up the name of Jesus that is higher, higher, higher than anything in our lives. Oh, we worship you in this place. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Come on, let's sing it. Over every heart and every mind. I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Oh, yeah. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus
there for a minute. Burn like a fire, Jesus. Oh, burn like a fire. Oh, I see him burning, burning like a fire in our hearts. Oh, write your name, write your name, Jesus, in our hearts. Print the name of Jesus. Oh, move out the cross, move out the pain, move out the trauma, let the name be revealed. Oh, your children have your name written. Jesus is written in our hearts. It's time to show the enemy what's written in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, come on. It's the name of Jesus. Oh, it's the name of Jesus. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. It's your blood that sealed the deal for us. It's the witness in heaven. Oh, we worship you in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Your blood, it makes the deaf to hear. Right now, your blood. It takes away the curse right now. Your blood heals every disease right now. Your blood sets the addicts free right now. And I still believe your a broken heart. Right now, your blood compels me to forgive. Right now, your blood transforms my mind. Right now, your blood it brings the dead to life. Right
to demonstrate your power and your authority. And Lord, we thank you for being here with us. And Lord, thank you for speaking directly to us. I'm leading you on the path of life. Because in my presence is fullness of joy, says the Lord. And at my right hand are pleasures forevermore. I want you to be strong. Be strong in my joy. Be strong in the joy that I give. If your joy is empty, I'll add my joy to you so that you your joy can be full. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. We're glad that you're here this morning. You're never disappointed because God's always doing good things here. Hallelujah. Well, what we like to do uh, here at Victory Christian Fellowship is we love to declare the word, right? Because that's how we exercise the authority. So we want to invite you to join us as we make our confession of faith uh, based on uh, God's word. Let's make our confession. Our victory comes through faith in God and obedience to His Word. The Lord does marvelous things for us, and by His right hand and holy arm, we gain the victory. The Lord makes us victorious wherever we go. Our victory comes to us through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we are thankful to Him. We overcome our accuser, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we do not fear death. Because I am born of God, I have overcome the world. My victory over the world is my faith in Jesus as the Son of God. As an overcomer, I partake of eternal life, and I am rescued from hell. As an overcomer, I partake of God's heavenly bread, and I have power over the nations. As an overcomer, I am clothed in pure white, and my name is written in the book of life. In all these things, we are more than victorious through Him who loves us. We are persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth, or any other created thing, will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You excited about benefits? 
Glory to God. We just want to give you a few announcements. Um, at the end of the service today, anybody that uh, can help, uh, we're going to clear out our sanctuary as our carpet is going to be replaced uh, this coming week. And uh, so uh, if you're available to help for that, you know, many hands make light work. And uh, this Wednesday, there's no Wednesday night refreshing service. And uh, just want to let you know that um, I'll be taking our uh, guest to the airport right after service because uh, he has to uh, catch a flight. So uh, if, if we leave and we didn't get to talk to you, you know, just know that. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to read something uh, from the Bible. Uh, from Mark chapter 4, you know, we have an opportunity here at BCF always, whenever we gather together, to make an investment in the kingdom of God. You know, we invest our tithes, which is really the Lord's, but then over and above the tithe is the offering. And uh, in Mark chapter 4, verse 8, Jesus was telling his disciples the parable of the sower. And he, t- he gets to the end here and he says, And other seed fell on good soil. I'm going to say good soil. And the plants grew and it increased. They yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100 times as much as had been sown. And he said, he who has ears to hear, uh, let him hear or heed my words. Right? So are you listening? I want you to notice that a seed that fell on the ground began to increase. 30, 60, 100 fold. Different levels. Do you know how much seed increased that didn't fall on ground? Zero, zero, zero. Right? Seed only increases when it connects with the ground. And uh, this morning, not only are we going to receive our tithes for the church, but we're, we're going to give you an opportunity to invest in a special ministry. Amen? We're going to bless our guests. You know why? Because we're in the business of blessing people. And uh, I just want to encourage you to give your best, and uh, God will do the rest. Amen? And you can give your gifts anytime during the service. We have a container over there and a container over here. Uh, or if you're watching online, you can do it. You can go online to our website and do it that way. If you make a check, make it out to VCF. And uh, anything that you want to designate, just mark guest, and we'll in turn uh, add to that and give it to him. Amen? But we're so privileged and honored to have uh, good quality ministries. Amen? And uh, we're just so appreciative. So, uh, and you can give any time during the service. And Father, we just give you thanks and praise right now that your blessing abounds to every giver. And to every gift, Lord, you receive it into your kingdom and you cause it to multiply. Provide and protect and show your presence to the givers in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We have some awesome kids in this place and some awesome kids' life teachers. So, kids, we're going to dismiss you now to your class. Have a great class. Be blessed. Have fun.
Hallelujah. Kids living in faith every day. We appreciate our kids and our teachers and our workers so much. Well, I want to introduce to you our guest who has come from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, his name is Marvin Yoder. He is the husband of one wife. Her name is Leah. He's the father of three daughters. And uh, he grew up in the old order Amish. And he drove a horse and buggy. Someone asked him, how was driving a horse and buggy? Was it fun? He said, for about two minutes. And he left uh, his family farm, and uh, there was an interesting story of how God uh, brought him to where he is now. And uh, he was raised as up a boy who was destined uh, to be a man to never to leave the farm. And God brought him to minister throughout the United States and other nations. Amen? He served as a dean of... Rama Bible Training College, and a dean of Christian Training Center or Training Institute. He now serves as an instructor at Rama Bible Training College. Sean and Gabriel are going to get to know him very well. And um, he has uh, traveled extensively, uh, speaking in different uh, venues. That um, he has pastored several churches. Denominational and non-denominational. And uh, him and his wife have uh, also traveled together. He brings life-changing insights from God's Word. And let me tell you, guys, we had a great Barnabas meeting yesterday. It was incredible. Uh, if you didn't get to see it, you can actually watch it. We uh, live-streamed it. So uh, he's very sensitive to the Holy Spirit as he ministers. And uh, he's a 1984 graduate from Raymond Bible Training College, and we are pleased to have him here at Victory Christian Fellowship. I want to give a warm welcome to Marvin as he comes and ministers the word. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to see everyone here today. Glory to God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Isn't that right? I remember, I don't know who came up with it, back in the charismatic renewal, we had this thing where we'd look at each other and say, well, going to church is better than being in the hospital, better than being in jail, you know, and so it's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't that right? And so I don't know who came up with that, but um, it is true, it is better to be here than in jail or in the hospital, isn't that right? And I'd have to say, even in many other places. But it's good to be here and had a wonderful time yesterday. And the amazing food back there, I tell you, I just uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. And uh, it, was, it was just absolutely awesome. Great to meet a lot of guys yesterday as well. And then your, your pastors were just absolutely the most wonderful hosts. Showed me everything about the, all the Hershey things, you know, and all of that. And so uh, I took a lot of pictures and things like that. So this has been a great experience to be here at, um, here at, uh, in Palmyra. And um, 
So we're, we're glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting us to be here. It is an honor to be here with you. You know, I grew up Old Order Amish, and, and you can pretty much guess that by the name Yoder. Yoder is as common as Smith or Jones and many other places. Somebody asked me one time, said, what, what would you have if you took all the Yoders out of the Amish community? I said, well, you tell me, and he said it'd be deodorized. I don't know. But anyway, all right. So we'll try to make things better from now on, all right? And, 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 do, and uh, we believe things will get better. And so it's glad to be here. You know, one of the things that um, you know, people are curious about my background, many times they ask me questions. And so we did have a few modern conveniences as I was growing up. We had running water. Us boys ran and got it. We had, we had central heat. We had the wood stove sitting in the center of the house. And you could dial whatever temperature you wanted uh, by ever, however far you sat close or near uh, or far from the um, from the stove and uh, we did not have a bath but we did have a path and uh, I'll let uh, if you don't know that know what that means and ask somebody for the interpretation on that but we grew up and uh, you know honestly it didn't really hurt us at all you know God, there's a lot of good things that you find in the Amish uh, culture uh, hard work ethics uh, we had uh, great family values, uh, helping people in, uh, that are in need, uh, willing to you know step up and, and, and extend a helping hand in time of disaster, things like that. We thank God for our heritage, but we're also thankful that God didn't leave us there. We're thankful that God brought us out and he brought us into what we're doing today. And so we thank God for the journey that we've had. And so, uh, so now, um, I don't, you know, again, I don't know if I believe everything you said about me, uh, but, you know, um, we don't get too caught up in that, all right? But, but, uh, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, happened a number of years ago, I was getting ready to be a student at Rainbow Bible. Uh, training college, and had some great needs in my life, and so we went to this church service, and uh, and uh, they gave an altar call for people that had needs, and so I went forward. We had some financial needs, and I didn't know how in the world we were going to get that taken care of, and so the power of God came on me, and I was out for about 45 minutes. How in the world they let me lay there for 45 minutes, I don't know, because I looked at the clock when I went up, and I looked, looked at the clock when I got up. And, uh, and so uh, the strangest thing happened, totally unexpected. But as I lay there, all of a sudden I, I became aware of another realm. And, and as clear as I can see you, I saw Jesus come walking down the aisle. He sat in a chair like that, and he began to talk to me about some things I needed to change right then. And, um, and, and, and just a little note, those, th th those things, when I made those changes, things worked out great. And uh, then he began to talk to me about my future, and he said this. He said, the main thrust of your ministry will be the Holy Spirit. And I didn't know what that meant. Uh, I wanted a healing ministry, and I wanted to pray for the sick, watch them get healed, move on to the next place. Never intended to pastor either, 
And uh, so, uh, when he said the main thrust of your ministry would be the Holy Spirit, I was greatly disappointed. I didn't know what that meant. I really was. I was just like, oh. It's like a, the air went out of the balloon. Because here's the, here's the honest truth about things. I, I, I'm getting ready to be a student at Rhema. I am baptized with the Holy Spirit. I spoke with other tongues. You even had some of the gifts of the Spirit flow through me. But you know what? I have to tell you, those were just experiences I had. I really didn't know the Holy Spirit at all. I really had no revelation of Him as a person. And so I didn't know what that meant. He also began to say this to me. He said, there are two phases to your ministry. And he told me what the first one was, and he told me what the second one was. And so we'd been operating in the first phase of that ministry that the Jesus had talked to me about for a number of years now. And so then, uh, in, in the last uh, several years, God began to deal with me about uh, doing what I'm doing now. And uh, when, I, uh, when it came to step, time to step out to do this, uh, left my uh, position as a pastoral staff member at, there at Rhema Bible Church in uh, Broken Arrow, um, and um, stepped out. The Lord spoke to me, and he said, this will now be the second phase that I talk to you about. And so we are here on assignment. We're not here because I, I thought it would be a good idea, uh, although it is a good idea to be here. You understand what I mean? About, but I'm here uh, on assignment. I, I, the Lord spoke to me uh, several times in no uncertain terms to, uh, to obey Him and to do and, and, and told me, He said, I will require you to do this. And um, He told me what would happen if I didn't. I said, I don't think I need that. So I decided to obey him. I mean, you know, it's better to obey God. Isn't that right? And so, so um, you know, really what we've done over the years is just simply obeying what the Lord said. Just walking out what the Lord had shown to us. And so, in 1987, I didn't know what that meant about the ministry, the main thrust of your ministry would be the Holy Spirit. So I didn't try to figure it out. I just kind of, I don't know what that means. And I went on about, got, graduated from Ramah, started pastoring a church. Never intended to pastor a church, Brother Doug. Never. When the Lord told me two months before I graduated from Ramah, go pastor a church in Kansas, I thought I'd done something wrong. I said, Lord, what did I do wrong? I thought he was punishing me. You know what I'm saying? I, just, I really did. I thought, I thought I'd done something wrong and he was... And it turned out to be it was 17 miles out in the country as a Methodist church. Can you imagine that? Raymond graduated in a Methodist church. And so I thought he was punishing me. He sent me 17 miles out in the country to a church there. And somebody asked me, he said, how come you go there? I said, I think it was because not too many people would see all my mistakes. You know, when I, as I learned to pastor, you know. And it was great to, to, to learn a lot of things about pastoring. We pastored... Uh, uh, several churches now, founded several churches, and it's a wonderful experience. It's helped us to understand when we come into places and in churches, you know, uh, to understand what pastors deal with and what people go through. And uh, so it's been a great experience to learn some things. And so, so turn in your Bibles, if you would, and uh, I'm going to begin uh, with First Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, and uh, as you do that, let me just share something that I believe the Lord spoke to me 
about this year, and you can um, do with it whatever you want. Uh, you can decide it, listen to it. If it doesn't, if it doesn't apply to you, then um, um, by all means, put it up on the shelf and just say, you know, that's a good word for Marvin Yoder. But the Lord spoke to it at the beginning of the year when I asked him, I said, what about this next year? Because I needed to know as we made plans, what, what do I expect? And the Lord spoke to me and he said, for many, this will be a difficult year. He said, because they do not listen to my voice, nor do they believe what I said, nor do they draw close to me. An interesting thing, isn't it? He said, went on, and I'm really glad God didn't stop right there. But he said, but for those who do listen to my voice and believe what I say and draw close to me, he said, they shall prosper even during these times. And I thought, whoa, I think I'm going to do that. And so, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes some, uh, some action is required on our part. Isn't that right? And so... So, as we begin to look into some of these things today, I hope to stir up some action on our part. You know, some things, some steps perhaps that we can take. And how many of you are glad to know what to do? Because um, I told the Lord I'm a, I'm a pretty simple guy. And I said, now, if you make it plain or clear, then I'll, I'll walk in it. But I said, as long as it's not clear, I, I, I said, I, I'm sorry, but I said, I'm not, go, I, I'm not going to do it because I don't know. I don't, how many of you know you can't walk in what you don't know? Isn't that right? And uh, so, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Wow. There is the sound of abundance of rain. Say that with me if you would. There is the sound of abundance of rain. Now, notice there, he did not say there's a sound of rain. He said there is the sound of abundance of rain. And in, in the Hebrew, it gives the idea of a multitude, a crowd, a deluge, or a flood. Kind of uh, a word that would describe that. Something that's excessive. Something that's uh, more than what you could... Uh, then, then would be normal. And uh, so, um, you know, he did not talk about a, a, a few sprinkles. He did not talk about showers of mercy. He did not talk about, you know, a, a, a little bit of a, a light rain. Uh, thank God for all of those. But, but he is here talking about a flood, a deluge, something that is life-changing, has an impact on the entire area. And so, in this, in, in this verse, we know that, that King Ahab and Jezebel, Queen Jezebel, were wicked uh, rulers. They did not uh, follow God. They led Israel into sin. And so, Elijah had shown up at the palace three and a half years before and said, it will not rain till I say so because of your wicked ways. And so the king did something stupid. He immediately tried to kill Elijah, uh, the one guy who could cause it to rain again, because he said, it will not rain until I say so. And so I would like to keep that guy alive, wouldn't you? <laughs> but they didn't think that far. And so three, three and a half years later, he shows up. He said, there is the sound of the abundance of rain. 
And we know that literally then, you know the incident on Mount Carmel where, uh, you know, the, the prophets of Baal tried to get fire, their gods to answer from fire. And how many of you know a piece of wood and a piece of stone can't produce fire? As they found out that day. And uh, so Elijah called upon God and fire came down and burned up his offering and the people turned back to God. And so that, that, then is when Elijah said this to King Ahab. And then here's an interesting thing that happened after that, and that is this, that Elijah went up on top of Mount Carmel and put his head down between his knees, and I got to thinking about that. I don't even know if I can do that. I mean, I'm in fairly good shape, you know, but I'm, I, you know, and I have, I've thought about it. I don't know if I can even do that. I haven't even gotten up enough courage to even try it. You know what I'm saying? And so, I, 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 but you understand, even if we can't do it physically, there is a posture to assume before the Lord in prayer. Isn't that right? And he began to pray earnestly, James said, that it might rain. And so he sent his servant, said, look and see if you see anything. Came back said, I don't see a thing. Uh, sent him back to, uh, and, uh, again and again. And on the seventh time, he said, there is a cloud the size of a man's hand. Just a little small thing insignificant, something you wouldn't necessarily notice on a normal day, uh, particularly, but significant here at the moment. And, and, and Elijah said uh, to get up and go, because it will rain, and the rain is, is, is here. And one of, the, one of the things I want to encourage you with this morning is that there, are, there is the promise of revival, there is the promise of the, of the moving of the Spirit, there is the promise of the work of the Spirit. And um, and so, uh, when you read what I just said, there is the sound of the abundance of rain. It is a type of the outpouring of the Spirit of God. And, and folks, we need that desperately. How many of you know this nation needs help? How many of you, I mean, you, you understand what I mean? That is the understatement of the year. And uh, uh, we need help in this nation. But you know what? All of us need help. We all need help. I'm telling you, I look in the mirror and I say, Marvin, you really do need help. And then sometimes I look at, the, look at myself in the mirror and I say, God, you really got a sense of humor, don't you? Creating me like this. But anyway, and so, so you know, so, so we need help. We need the work of the Holy Spirit. We need something from heaven that will make a difference here on earth. Change our lives. Bring us up. Uh, do something inside of us. I think probably all of us have something that that we face, things we don't talk about that we are unable to deal with on our own, and we've kind of learned how to live with it. And uh, uh, there, uh, one speaker said it this way one time, a minister that I heard this, he said, everybody has something that they're ashamed of in their past. I thought, oh, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> and so, so here's the thing. There are things in everybody's past that we're not proud of. You understand what I mean? And if we're not careful, we let the devil beat us over the head with that, with those things. And then we live at a, at a far less level than what God intended for us to. And we need the help of the Holy Spirit to overcome and to bring us into. And he can reach way down inside and he can touch that thing. And I know people sometimes say, well, I don't know if I'm willing to let him, because I just don't know. 
You know, I've kind of put it in a place where I've kind of learned to live with it. I just don't know if I want it stirred up again. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is able to reach down inside of you and do surgery on you in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and He can take that out and replace it with the good things of heaven. And so, so, uh, so um, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit is really not uh, nothing to be afraid of. The church, the church, um, boy, you look across the landscape of the church world today, and you know. Uh, we're post-pandemic in some sense of the word. You understand what I mean? Um, I mean, there's still some things happening, but but we're we're back in church, you know. But you know, there are many churches that aren't flourishing. A lot of churches are plateaued, meaning uh, they're kind of holding their own. I talk to a lot of pastors, and and they're struggling uh, with, with with getting their people back. I talked to one pastor who said in our community he said the word is out that it's safe to go anywhere but don't go to church it's not safe there talking about uh, uh, pandemic because of the pandemic well you know that's a lie look at your neighbor's eye I think oh, that's a lie you understand what I mean church, church really is one of the most safe places you can be now, now let me just tell you the church is not a perfect place to be did you know that? There's a difference. How many of you have had at least one incident in church somewhere and you thought, that's not nice. What in the, that guy, I mean, God, you really, you need to do something for that person because they're not acting nice. That was not a nice thing they said. You know what I'm saying? Some, you know, sometimes, most of the time we're on our best behavior when we're with together. Isn't that wonderful? But then every once in a while, it's just not always perfect, is it? Church needs help. We in the church need help. Our churches need help across the land. And, and so what must happen in the church world for the church to flourish, to be, to be who God wants it to be? You know, Jesus said this in Matthew 16. He said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That tells me that the church will be built. It will not cease to exist. It will be, it will be, actually this is called the church age that we're living in. From the ascension of Christ to the time of His return is, is this space of time called the church age or the age of the Holy Spirit or the age of grace. And the reason you kind of have those three names is because those are the predominant things that, that God is uh, working or bringing forth in this time. The, the, the church, he's building the church. The Holy Spirit has a major role in it. And it is not because we deserve it. It is to- solely by the grace of God. Isn't that right? And so, uh, I, I, I will tell you that the church will never be what it should or could be without the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what, uh, you know, when God told me to go do what I'm doing, I, uh, he said, I want you to go and bring the message of the Holy Spirit to the church. That's what he told me to do. That's my assignment. Okay? And so everywhere I go, that's what I do. And I and, and have to tell you, I, I, I fussed with God about that. Now, I know none of you have ever fussed with God. 
I know that you've always just immediately agreed and you just obediently stepped into it and walked in there and, and, and you're just, you know, wonderful. But, 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 you know, I have to tell you, I fussed with it because I said to the Lord, I said, you know, Brother Hagen went around, there are many others that went around. Look at all the Rhema graduates that are out there talking about the things of God. I said, why do you need me to go do, take the message of the Holy Spirit to the church at this time? Why now of all times? And, uh, and, and so uh, I did not understand. The Lord did not answer me at that point, but He did lead me to some information that helped me understand. I came across a survey by George Barna, and, and, here, and here's what he said. This happened a couple of years ago. And it's gotten even a bigger margin. He said at that time, nearly 60%, now it's over 60%, of Americans who go to church, a Christian church of some kind, on a regular basis, do not believe there is such a thing as the Holy Spirit. Over 60%. My friend, we've got to wake up. Church has to, The church world needs to wake up. And realize, he said this, he said they believe that, that the Holy Spirit is merely a symbol of God's presence or power, maybe his purity. And, and so, they don't believe he's real. They think Jesus is, they think God is, the Father is, but the Holy Spirit is just a symbol. And, um, and so, I began to understand then the necessity of, of, of fulfilling my assignment, of going wherever I can to uh, bring the message of the Holy Spirit so that the church can, can, can uh, uh, um, get the help to be what they need to be in this world. Isn't that right? So turn with me now, if you would, John chapter uh, 16 and verse 7. John chapter 16 and verse 7. And, and let me give you this. Real quickly, and um, I, I want to try to get this done. I want to get to a certain place today. I'm trying to get to a certain place today. And uh, uh, look at your neighbor and say, God help him. Uh, and, and, and so, here we are. John chapter 16, verse 7. And he said, Jesus is talking to the disciples. You know, and this is at the Last Supper, you know. He's talking to them before his death, burial, and resurrection. You know, that was the time where they all lined up on one side of the table to take the picture. You've seen the picture, haven't you? And so they're all there lined up like that and, and everything. And so, so here we are. And he's talking to them. He's teaching them. He's telling them things that, things that, uh, that, that, that they need to know after his death, burial, and resurrection. And one of the things he did was he said to them, he said, I'm leaving. Did you ever stop and think about what, what that meant to the disciples? They had given up everything to be with Jesus. Business is gone. Family, they left families. The, uh, all religious acceptance is gone. Uh, social, socially, they're not, real, they're not real acceptable either. And so they have nothing except Jesus. Now, 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 actually, when you stop and analyze that, that's really a good place to be. All you have is Jesus. Leah, my wife and I were talking one day, and Leah said this. She said, isn't it true that if, you, if we lost everything, but we still have God, we'd get everything back? I said, even more so, 
You can lose everything, but if you have God, you still have everything. Isn't that the truth? He is, the, he is, he is God. He has everything. He is able to bring you uh, what you need, what you gonna, what what you what you ever every need supplied, every desire uh, uh, met in the name of Jesus. So he is sufficient, isn't he? So for them to say, for him to say, I'm leaving. That's a that is a tough moment. But he says this. He ta- he he then begins to introduce the Holy Spirit. And he talks to the disciples about him as if he was a person. He uses personal pronouns. And, and he said this, he said, he said in verse 7, he said, Nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. I bet the disciples were thinking, how in the world could that be? He said, went on and said, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment of sin, because they do not believe in me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment, because the rule of this world is judged. He said this. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you uh, cannot bear them now, or you cannot receive them now. And then he said in verse 13, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come. Everybody say, has come. How many of you, I always like to stop here and say, he has come. He has come. Isn't that right? I mean, I'm not waiting for him. He has come. And he said, and he goes on and says, he will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak. And he will tell you things to come. And so, this is a great uh, few verses right here that describes what is coming to the disciples. And he he indicates, if you read other passages as well as this one of what Jesus said, you'll find out that Jesus was introducing the Holy Spirit to the disciples, and he went so far as to say, He is one like me. He will talk like me. He'll act like me. What you've seen me do, he'll do also. And so today, there's a lot of people who don't have a very clear picture of the Holy Spirit. And I just have to say, read the Gospels, see what Jesus did, see what Jesus said, and you'll get a picture of what the Holy Spirit wants to do today. He wants to do the same things. He wants to, do, he wants to uh, uh, respond to you the way Jesus did in the Gospels. And the uh, interesting thing is that there are people today that need... Uh, Jesus, or they need a healing touch like Jesus did in the Bible. And uh, the good news is the Holy Spirit's here to heal people just like Jesus did in his day when he was here uh, here on earth. There's no difference really in, in that at all. And so, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And so we're in this age of the Holy Spirit. Age of the church. Age of Grace. Acts chapter 2, right, we read of the, in, in, in uh, chapter 2, verse 1, and um, we see the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all of one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so, uh, you know, we see the Holy Spirit poured out, and some people started asking, what is this? What is this? What means this? What does this mean? Peter, uh, being now baptized with the Holy Spirit, began to speak to them, and he preached one of the most powerful sermons in the history of mankind. 3,000 people turned to Christ that day. Isn't that amazing? 3,000. Can you imagine that? 3,000 people. 3,000. Everybody say 3,000 people turned to Christ in one day. And so he gets up and he says in verse 16, This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He said, And I shall, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And so, uh, so, so what does this all mean? It means this, that at the beginning of the church, the Holy Spirit came, poured out, came, manifested in a mighty way, and the church began. And, and here's, here's what's really uh, sad. That which, that which happened to help the church begin is also needed to help the church continue to operate the way it should. But many have turned their backs on that and have said that is not necessary. We now have the Bible. And so they've substituted one for the other. And I have to tell you that God intended for us to have both. Both. Everybody say both. Isn't that right? We need both the Word and the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, one of the, you, you and I can't even understand the Word of God without His help. Not sufficiently. I might grammatically figure something out if I have a little understanding of the rules of grammar, but that is a far cry from the depths of understanding that God wants us to have concerning His Word. We need our eyes opened. Actually, we, we, without the work of the Holy Spirit, we don't even see the need for this book. We don't even see the need for it. When I was not living for God, when I was attending church because I had to, and, and uh, I didn't have any understanding of the work of God, let me tell you this, I, didn't, I, I absolutely put no value on the book other than I was taught that when the Bible is on the, on the table, nothing is ever placed on top of it. It is a sacred book. That's, all I, that's, the only, that's the only concepts I had about the value of the book, that it was a sacred thing. It was, you don't put anything on it. And uh, I didn't understand that the value of the Bible is in the words that are there, in what it says. Okay? And uh, so we really need the help of the Holy Spirit just even to understand our Bible. And so, uh, so, so when we look at this in the book of Acts, we're looking at not just something that happened in history, but understand this. This is how the church began. This is what we're to live in. This is what we're to experience in church. The work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, to this day. We're not looking at the early church, and we're the modern church, and the, and and and, and uh, uh, 
truthfully, you know, I went to uh, several Bible schools and, and universities. One of them was a seminary that I attended, and, and, and I have to tell you that sometimes they come up with some really interesting ideas. And uh, they paint, uh, in, in seminary, they painted this picture of what happened in the early church, and then they talked about the modern church as if they were two separate things. And I have to tell you that God never intended for them to be separate. He intended for the early church to begin. They wrote about it in the book of Acts. And there's 28 chapters, but the fact of the matter is the book of Acts has never been totally written. It's still being written today because the church continued after the book of Acts. But, uh, you understand what I mean? And we're the same church that you read about in the book of Acts. The same Holy Spirit that was in the book of Acts is the same Holy Spirit that's here today. And so, the same need. They couldn't even get the church started without the help of the Holy Spirit. My friend, we cannot continue with the church without the help of the Holy Spirit. We need Him. Look at your neighbor and say, we need Him. And so, this is speaking of our time. When I read this, this is talking about us. It's not talking, this is not a history lesson, folks. This, this, it's not just that. It is speaking about us. It's showing us what we need. A.B. Simpson was the founder of the Missionary Alliance Churches. He has a book called The Gentle Love of the Holy Spirit. I, I highly recommend it. It's, a used, it. it's an older book. You just have to kind of look for it and uh, possibly find it online. But here's something he said. He said, this is the time of his special working. Wow. Not just the ordinary, mundane, day-to-day grind, but this is a time of his special working. He wants to do something special in our life. This is not just an ordinary day. This is a day that the Lord has made, and the Spirit of God wants to move in every day that He has made. He's filled every day with His blessings, everything that He has, and this is a day for us to partake of it. Amen? And so, this is a time of His special working. He goes on and says, In this age, we may look for His unlimited operations. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. Can you, can you wrap your mind around unlimited operations? I think the biggest thoughts I can think, and I think God can still do infinitely more. Is that amazing? I come up with the best solutions that I can think of, and I think, but God can, He can, He can do so much better. And, and, and so he goes on and says, uh, this is a, may look for his unlimited operation. Now listen to this. And anticipate, and anticipate toward its close. Talk about the end of this age. Um, uh, the mightiest triumphs of his grace and power. In other words, you read the book of Acts. Reinhard Bonnke said, he said, the book of Acts does not represent the peak power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, this is the beginning. And if you're trying to match the book of Acts, we've set our sights too low. And toward the end of this age, we know we're in the last days. And somebody said we're in the last of the last days. That means that we're pretty close, aren't we? And he said we can expect to see the mightiest triumphs of His grace and power. What does that mean? I mean, it sounds like a big, long theological sentence, but what does it mean? Well, it means this. You ain't seen nothing yet. Pardon the English. But the point is made. 
And that is this. The Bible says that the end of a thing is, is better than the beginning and that, 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 uh, that the latter is greater than the former. You understand? And so what is God doing? He's increasing His work in the earth. He's increasing His work in the church. The Holy Spirit. Everywhere He can. Let me tell you something. I'm finding hungry people. I'm finding people that are tired of the way things have been. We, we, we've done our best, but look where we're at. It's not enough. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, I need something from heaven. And I'm telling you, I'm finding church after church is hungry for the things of God. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you better get hungry. And so, so, so we have to recognize then that we are living in a very good, a very good time. I said, we're living in a very good time. This is speaking of our time. We don't have to wait. Now, I get this. I'm going to, I'm going to drop a heavy revelation on you. It's really heavy. Are you right? You probably ought to reach over there and see if you can find a seatbelt. Hang on. Hang on here. He says here, listen to this. We don't have to wait for the rain. It's here. The rain of the Spirit. Why is that? The Spirit of God has been poured out upon all flesh. That's what Peter said. That's what the prophet Joel said that he quoted. Now listen to me. What does that mean? It's poured out upon all flesh. All flesh. You ever stop and think about that? It doesn't matter what what place you came from in the world. It doesn't matter what tribe, what nation, what race, whatever ethnic group. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This applies to everybody. It, not only that, all flesh applies to every nation and every generation. I'm talking about we're living in a good time, folks. Listen to me. The news can say what it says, and the and and and, and the government can do what they do. But I'm telling you, listen to me. Don't be alarmed on a day like this. The whole book of Acts, all everything in the book of Acts happened in, in a time of bad government. God does not have to have good government to get His things done. And when there's bad government, then, oh, God can't do anything. Oh, fiddlesticks. No, my friend, this is a grand opportunity for our light to shine bright in the middle of great darkness. Come on now. This is a time. Look at your neighbor say, this is a time. Come on now. We don't have to wait for the rain. Listen to me. The Spirit of God's been pouring out, and He has not gone back. He's not going back. He hasn't gone back to the Father and said, I, I guess I'm done. No, people are still being born. People are still being born again. The Spirit of God is, is still being poured out. As long as this generation can, uh, as long as this age is, is, is happening until, until the return of Christ, the Spirit of God is being poured out, poured out, poured out, continually poured out. I'm telling you, we are in overflow. I said we're in overflow. We're, we, we, we are, listen to me, we are in flood stage. Because, listen to me, if you pour long enough, you'll have a great big flood. And I'm telling you, I've, had, I've seen when rains come, and it rains and rains and rains beyond the norm, and the creeks rise, the rivers rise, and all of a sudden you've got flood stage, and you've got water where there's normally no water. I'm telling you right now, the Spirit of God is being poured out. It has been poured out generation after generation after generation, century after century, millennium after millennium. And I'm telling you, we're in flood stage. We're in overflow right now. I'm 
telling you it's here. Somebody says, how come? How come the church is the way it is if that's true? And I'd have to tell you that many acknowledge that God wants a last great day revival. Oh, yeah, revival's coming. We hope it's coming. Some people stand on their tiptoes looking to see if it'll come over the horizon. But not many believe it's here. But I can tell you, it's here. The rain. It's time for the rain in the time of the latter rain. It's here. Look at your neighbor and say, it's here. I don't know about you, but the presence of God is even here right now. It's in this place right now. It's right here. Just lift your hands. Can you do this with me? Can you just lift your hands right now? And just acknowledge His presence right now. Just acknowledge Him who's here. The Holy Spirit from heaven is here. He has poured out upon us. He is in our midst. And His power is amongst us right now. Even right now. Oh, right now. We rejoice in the rain, Lord. We rejoice in the rain, Lord. We rejoice. There's nothing like the rain. Nothing like the the outpouring of Your Spirit upon our souls and rejuvenating, refreshing us afresh and anew, equipping us and enabling us, empowering us to be beyond mere men, but to be all that You created us to be, Lord. Right here. Holy Spirit, now move amongst us. Hover over us as You did over the face of the waters in the book of Genesis. And even now, Oh, even now, even now, in the name of Jesus. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now. You're here right now in this place. One of the greatest revelations you can have. Listen to me, my folks. One of the greatest revelations you can have is not that the Holy Spirit is over here doing something somewhere that you read about in the paper, although that might be happening. It's not that they're... Holy Spirit is doing something over here in the place that's within driving distance and we could go if we, if we got in our cars and went. The greatest revelation is this. It's not that He's just far away or nearby, but that He's right here where we are. Right here. He's as much right here as He is anywhere. He's amazing. He's right here. Look at your neighbor and tell him again, he's here. Just tell somebody, he's here. Hallelujah. He's here. What does that mean? It means this, my friend. It means this. It means this. He is the very element of our new existence as, as people of God. A.B. Simpson said this. He said, he is before us, behind us, Above us, beneath us, within us, beyond us. He goes on and he says, we are lost in Him, buried in Him, and encompassed by Him as by the air we breathe. We are surrounded by air. You don't have to wonder if the air is here. It is here. 
In the same way, my friend, even in a more real sense, you don't have to wonder if the Spirit of God is here. He's more here than the air we breathe. It's right here, friend. It's right here. It's right here. The Brother Yoder, Brother Yoder, I, I understand that. But my question is, what will he do? Will he do something? And my friend is here. Reinhard Bunker said he is the ever restless one, active one of heaven. And he said he is like the wind, always moving. He said, and by definition, has to move, or he does not exist. Wind, by definition, has to move, or it's not wind. And the Holy Spirit, by his very nature, is always moving. We're looking for a move of God, but we, but, but we have such narrow pictures of that. Do you understand what I mean? It's a move of God in this place right now. It's a move of God when we worship God in spirit and truth. It's a move of God when we hear the Word and it's written on our heart. Oh, it's, it's absolutely. He, he is moving in many ways. I'm telling you, how many of you how many of you could testify to the fact that God cleaned you up after you, uh, He took you the way you are, but He cared enough about you not to leave you the way He found you? He cleaned you up. He's made you somebody new. He's made you somebody totally different than what you were before you got saved. And that's some, that is a move of God, my folks. That is something supernatural, something powerful. And we overlook it so much. You say, yeah, but I want something, you know, and some people say, well, we haven't had a move of God. Nobody ran around the church. And I'd like to say this. How about a move of God where nobody moves? Where it's just the holiness of God settles in the place. And you know God's working. You understand what I mean? I'm not against running if that's, if that's what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. I'm not against shouting if that's what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. But I'm also saying, let's expand our mind to think of the ways that the Holy Spirit wants to move in our midst. Sometimes He wants to do a deep work in us. Sometimes He wants to do something so tremendous in us so that we're ready to run in the, in the new world that He puts us in, that He creates around us. Come on now. He came to make things better. He said, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away so that He will come. It's hard. It's almost blasphemous to say this. It sounds almost that way, but to, to say that 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 the Holy Spirit will make things better than when Jesus was here, but He does. But He does. We have better promises established on a new, on a better covenant. My friend, listen to me. The greatest is still to come. I said the greatest is still to come. Thank God for the days of glory. That we've already experienced. I meet people, my friend, that are so tied into what happened in certain eras. You know, the healing revival, the charismatic renewal, the teaching revival, or those days. I remember so and so, and I remember so and so. Thank God for all of that. I grew. Up, I, I came into the charismatic renewal. I was a part of that. I was a part of the teaching revival. I was a part of the, the joy and, 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 the, and move of the Holy Ghost in the 90s. But I'm going to tell you something. The best is yet to come. 
Smith Wigglesworth prophesied of it. Brother Hagin spoke of it. Many uh, of, of the pioneers of faith uh, that, that we would look to today spoke of the day that we're living in now. And I'm telling you, my friend, it's time, it's time to look and recognize this is a time for the rain. I said, this is a time for the rain. Do you realize Elijah said that to Ahab when there was no natural evidence of it? And he did not say, Ahab, get up and go up because it will rain. He said, there will be a sound of the abundance of rain. He didn't say that. He said, there is. He picked something up in his spirit. He discerned what God was up to. Friends, let's, let's, let's as a church, let's discern what God's up to. Let's discern what God wants to do. It's a time for rain. I can tell you when, the, when I was 15 years old, uh, growing up on the farm, dairy farm, in, uh, uh, on the plains of Kansas, and, and drought hit. We had 13 weeks with no rain. The crops burned up. The hot winds blew. Uh, the, the cows uh, didn't move around much. The ponds dried up. We had to haul water. And, and, and the earth cracked. It looked like, I mean, just looked out across the, uh, the, the ground. Big cracks in the ground. It looked like a giant road map. And there wasn't anything to do. We just waited. We didn't know. We didn't know how to pray. We didn't know how to pray. And so we just waited. We went, to, we went swimming. I learned to swim that summer. You know, and we didn't know what else to do. But I remember as clear, I can almost tell you where I was at when the rains came. Refreshing, cool drops of rain. Wet rain. And we didn't go inside when it started raining. We stood out in it. My dad stood out in it. We all forgot to be dignified. We just rejoiced in the rain. It's raining. It's raining. It's raining. We forgot, we forgot what others think. We just, I mean, we were happy in the rain. We ran around in the rain. We, 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 we had a happy time in the rain. Friend, it's raining. Spiritual reign of heaven is in this place. Let me tell you something. It is time for the rain and the time of the latter rain. And what does that mean? It means this. He's looking for a people that will believe that. This is the time. This is the time. Every service. I don't want to miss the service. Why? Because I don't want to miss the rain. I don't want to... He said, you have to go to church to experience the rain. Let me tell you this way. You can experience some of the rain in some place, but there's more rain that you can experience in other places, just as, as you would in the natural. You can, you, can, you can kind of be in the rain like uh, under a tree, and you get some rain. But if you step out from under the tree, you're going to get a lot more of it. And I can tell you this. position It's time for the church to position themselves to receive the rain, to be in the rain. And, and friend, it means to be in the Word. It means to listen to the Holy Spirit, but it also means this, to be in church. I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm not trying to tell you, uh, be dogmatic or trying to uh, chide somebody to do their religious duty. Far from me to do that. 
What I'm trying to tell you is this. We'll never be who God created us to be unless we're in the rain. Unless the rain of the Holy Spirit comes upon us and changes us and affects us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. We got wet that day. We got soaked. We were saturated with the rain that day when that rain came. I'll never forget it. There's nothing like it. I'm telling you today, my friend, listen to me. I'm standing here declaring the rain is falling. He said, I don't see anything. I'm not going by that. I'm going by what I know in my heart. It's time for the rain and the time of the latter rain. It's right now. And I'm contending for it. I don't have my head down between my knees. I'm not sure I can do that. But I'm just telling you that, uh, that in the Spirit, I have this position. I'm contending for the rain. I'm insisting on the rain. I say, let the rain fall, Lord, upon us and ever increasingly in the name of Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands up and rejoice. Let's stand up if you would. Let's stand up if you would. How many of you know He's here? He is here. Zechariah said it this way in chapter 10, verse 1, Ask ye the Lord, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He'll give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. I grew up on the plains of Kansas, and I watched those dark clouds come up in the west, and I watched the, the, the lightning flash in those dark clouds, and I watched it and looked. And listen to me. I didn't do anything. We didn't do anything about it. We continued working in the fields. But when the wind started blowing, we headed for the house. Why? Because we know the rain is coming. Friend, I'm telling you, the wind is blowing. The rain is here. The rain is here. Just lift your hands up and just say, the rain is here. The work of the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit in this place right now. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are here. We are here at your bidding. We've answered the call to be in church today to, 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 to acknowledge your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, you are here. You're moving in this place. You're the hovering over these people. What are you doing? You're looking for faith. You're looking for faith. People who will believe that uh, you are being poured out, that, you are, you, that, that this is the time of the rain. People who believe that you will do a mighty work in this day and this hour. That you will do supernatural things even in our midst in this hour in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that with uplifted hands we say we believe. We believe. We believe. This is, we believe. This is a, we believe this is a time. We believe this is a time. We believe this is a time. Oh, we believe this is a time. This is a time, my friend. This is the time right now. Listen to me. Whatever it is you need. I, I sense this right now. Some of you have a great hunger. Some of you have a hunger that you've had in your heart. You're hard to describe it. But you have not been satisfied with your spiritual, with your spiritual life right now. And, and, and I'm going to tell you this. Listen to me. If you'll begin to acknowledge that this is the time of the reign of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, He'll begin to work in you. He will satisfy the cry of your soul. Some of you, life has trapped you into certain, into certain situations. Some of you are frustrated because you don't know how to get from where you're at to where you feel like you need to be. So you're frustrated. Some of you are trapped. Some of you need healing in your body. Some of you need 
uh, some of you are trapped in, 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 in uh, the circumstances of lack. You don't have enough. Some of you, I can tell you by the Spirit of God, you are oppressed by the devil. What do I mean by that? It means that the devil has weighed heavily on you. He's put guilt on you. He's put unworthy, a sense of unworthiness on you. He has, he has harassed you and told you that you're not good enough, that, that everybody else can be received from God but you, that there's something wrong with you. That's why you're the way that you are. And so oppression comes. Some of you, uh, you know, the enemy has, has oppressed you with fear. You're fearful of certain things. And I'm going to tell you something, my friends. This is a time for the work of the Lord. This is a time for thee to yield to Him. This is a time. This is a time. This is a time, my friend, when God wants to help you where you are in your life. Next week, maybe it'll be something different. Maybe it'll be somebody else. But today, my friend, it's you. You need help. You, you, I, I'm going to ask those of you that you've been harassed with fear, those of you that have been harassed with oppression, those of you that have felt trapped and frustrated, I'm going to ask you to just slip out of your seat and come right down here. We're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God with you right now. And, and, and I want to tell you this right now. Don't be concerned about what other people think because next week it could be somebody else. Today it's you. And me. I can remember when it was me. And so you're here today. If you need healing in your body, I want you to come. And we'll minister healing to you right now. The Holy Spirit is here. And so I'm going to wait for you right now. And, and if you'll step out and come right now. Yield to the Holy Spirit and just come. As, and, and we will pray for you right now. Just come. And we'll be, we will pray for you as the Spirit leads. Hallelujah. If you don't need to come, then you just worship the Lord and, and be in support of those that are coming. But those that are coming, just make a line across the front. Just come up a little further. Come up a little further. Come up close. Come up close. And, 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 and do that. Just stand right here. And, and just let the Holy Spirit begin to minister to you. When you come up here, I want you to just, uh, as in some way, either lift your hands all the way up or maybe half mast or just hold your hands out in front some way acknowledge that you're here tell the Lord I need help in that way in Jesus name and so I'm gonna we're gonna minister to you in just a moment in just a moment and if you're here anybody else that wants to come come now let the Holy Spirit minister to you today hallelujah maybe it's something that I didn't mention you said, well, I have some other things. You didn't mention it. That's, it. That's interesting, Lord. It's interesting. Some of, there's somebody here that, that you have a situation and it has, it has bothered you so much that there's, you're fighting bitterness about what happened. Bitterness. You know what it is to have that bitter taste in your mouth when you think about that situation. The unfairness of what happened. And the Lord wants to help you get over that and show you that there is life beyond that. There's no condemnation in that. 
We all need help in those areas. And if that's you, then slip on out of your seat and come. We wait for you right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all lift our hands and worship the Lord. Just thank Him right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Now, those of you that are up here, look at me. I want to give you some instruction. Just look at me just a moment. You're here to receive. Okay, so that means you don't pray. I pray. I'm the prayer. You're the receiver. Okay? So, that, that, so we all need, to, all, all need to understand what our jobs is. You want to get what God has for you. And how do you get it? Believe that the moment hands are laid upon you, that the power of God will come upon you and get what you need. I'm the, my job is to pray for you. My job is to believe with you. Isn't that right? Just to be a vessel. Hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit's in this place. One more time, let's acknowledge His presence in this place. The anointing is in this place. The presence of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to start with this gentleman right here. What, what, what do you need? Diabetes? Pressure in your mind? We would call that oppression. Uh-huh. Lift your hands. Are you believe God's doing that right now? Right now, He's already working on it. In the name of Jesus, we command those, we command those bands to come off again. It's like in the spirit, there are bands around your head. Those pressing, tightening, ever tightening, creating pressure. I break those in the name of Jesus. I loose the power of God on you right now. Yep, 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 yep. In the name of Jesus, right now, the healing power of God. I command that diabetes to go. I command his body to line up. And I command every part to begin to function like it's supposed to in Jesus' name. What is What do you need? Jesus, 
Mercy. 
lift your hands up. Lift your hands up and just thank the Lord. He is in this place. Magnify His name. Holy Spirit, I thank You that You're here right now. Those of you that are watching online, if you need something from God right now, the healing rain of, of the Holy Spirit would minister to you right where you are. And so right where you are, if you'll just lift up your hand or hold your hand out or wiggle your fingers or do something to let God know you want to receive, I want you to believe to receive right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for those people that are online watching right now in the name of Jesus that the healing power of God, the, 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 the delivering power of God would set you free and heal your bodies. I command oppression to go. I command fear to go. I command every trap of the, of the enemy to be broken in Jesus' name. And I thank you now that the power of God releasing you into the future that God has for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you're so good. You're so wonderful in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You are here. Everybody say this with me. He's here. He's in this place. The same Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts. Is also here. He's poured out today. This is the age. We're in flood stage. We'll overflow with the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, changing our lives, making us the people of God, the church that Jesus is building in this hour. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to encourage us. Let's not let this be an event. Let this be a, a, a time of stepping into something daily. Daily you can worship God. Daily you can be conscious of Him. Brother Hagen said it this way. He said, be more conscious of the greater one on the inside. Come on, we're not trying to find Him. He's already here. Right here, where we are. Amen. So let this begin be a journey and not just an event. Amen. Holy Spirit's here. The rain is falling. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. Someone say praise the Lord. Don't we serve a good God? Aren't you glad that He's here? And that we get to participate. We get to receive. Father, I'm so grateful and thankful for what you have done and what you are doing. Each and every time. Lord, you're faithful. And we give you thanks and praise and glory. You're working mightily in us. Your word does not fail. Your steadfast love keeps us and sustains us. And Lord, we just bless you today in the name of Jesus. Say this, say, today I'm leaving this place with the victory. I have overcome. I'm in the winner's circle. I'm a champion because I have the Holy Spirit 
I have the Word of God. I have the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. And if this is your first time here, we just want to welcome you and thanks for visiting us and hopefully we'll see you again. Amen. I tell you, this is good. This is really good. Well, God bless you. You're set for the week, right? Amen. Holy Spirit is here. He's ready to work. He's ready to help. He's got power readily available. Amen. And you have access to it. Hallelujah. Well, have a great and wonderful day. Have a good week. May you be richly blessed. And remember those of you that can help, uh, help uh, remove the chairs. And uh, don't forget to sow something. Amen. Sow a seed and watch God make it grow. Have a great and wonderful day.